what do we do more of every day? Talk, serve, touch, quality time, or gifts. It's going to be talking by far the amount of words we give to one another, even if it's through text or snap or anything else that's going on. So that, that, to me, that's why I think it's the most important. And even if that's not our strength, it is also a very trainable language that you can truly learn how to give basic affirmations, basic appreciation. Welcome to Love and Life. I'm Dr. Karen anderson Abril here with my co-host, Pastor Elliot Anderson. And Love and Life is your place to hear conversations grounded in psych research, psychotherapy, and biblical truth to help us thrive in love and life. We are here to kick off Valentine's Week, a very big week in the love relationship space, of course, and it's one that can be loaded with excitement, expectation, and then also angst and frustration and disappointment oftentimes. We could say it's just a Hallmark holiday, and that's what I used to hear a lot when I was single and didn't have a Valentine and kind of dreaded the day, honestly, because I get to look around at all the happy couples celebrating their love. I remember saying to myself, why don't you just celebrate your love every day instead of having this big holiday that makes me feel a little bit more lonely than I normally do? But it is what it is, and I do now that I reflect on it as a woman who has now met my person, I do think it's a good idea because we can get into that routine and we can sometimes take each other for granted. So a holiday like Valentine's Day, I think, gives an opportunity for couples to step back, press pause, and rekindle their love, reinforce their love, remember why they fell in love. All these sorts of things I think can be very helpful. So we can look at it as, yes, maybe a manufactured Hallmark holiday or an opportunity to focus on love and not just with couples, but also with friends and family as well. Elliot and I decided to kick this series off, this Valentine's Day series, with a foundational framework in the love dating relationship space. And you all know it, and it's an important construct to lock into this week and to remind ourselves of whether we're dating, married, whatever the case may be, love languages are a huge, enlightening way to understand what what might be going wrong in your relationship, how you may be missing each other. And also for the singles out there, to know your love language helps you figure out who's going to be a good fit for you. They are by Dr. Gary Chapman. They are, like I said, foundational in the love dating relationship space. And we are here to talk about them. And Elliot also wants to provide some other love languages that he has integrated into his work with couples. So Elliot, welcome to Valentine's Day week and welcome to Love Languages. Happy Valentine's week to you as well, my beloved sister. And it's a joy to be part of this and for us to use what the Lord's given us to hopefully bless and encourage others. And I think perceptions of holidays and birthdays and traditional celebrations are hugely important. And so whether you like it or not, Valentine's Day does have meaning and will have some automatic expectations and movements with it that are heightened because of that perception expectations are key. And as we were preparing for this, it's really that expectation piece that I said, let's go back to the love languages because what we expect from our partner or from someone we're dating is oftentimes exactly how we want to be taken care of, how we want to be loved. And that's Dr. Chapman's point is that when we understand our love language, and there's five of them and we'll get into them in just a moment, we're better able to then 
know what feels like love to us and what may be a lovely gesture, but just doesn't hit for us. And of course, in in our efforts to connect with our partner, if we have a better understanding of how they want to receive love, but that expectation, like we talked about a moment ago, I assume that if I love to be loved a certain way, I just assume everyone else loves to be loved in that same way. And that's where that disconnect can happen. Yeah, there's the framework of our languages, both in love and just basic communication style that is, again, heightened during these special events. And so we will tend to naturally go with what is comfortable to us and we need to take in consideration and what our partner's style is. And there's dynamics here that are different. So if you're just in a brand new dating relationship, what does that look like? If you're already in a committed relationship, what does that look like? And if you're in a marriage relationship or a long-term promise of fidelity together relationship, what does that look like? So I think there's variables there as well that we can dance in and out as you talk about these languages. To celebrate Valentine's Week, we're giving away a copy of Dr. Gary Chapman's classic book, The Five Love Languages. To enter, just rate and review Love & Life on Apple Podcasts between February 13th and February 24th. Take a screenshot of your review, post it in your Instagram stories, and be sure to tag me at Dr. Karen, D-R dot K-A-R-I-N. The winner will be picked at random and will receive the book plus a few Love & Life freebies. For sure. So let's initially get the framework in place so everyone's caught up to speed. I think they're pretty ubiquitous. I think most of the members of our community would be familiar with them because they're interested in relationship stuff. But for anyone who isn't, let's just start with an understanding of each of the five love languages. And Dr. Chapman starts with, in his book, The Five Love Languages, The Secret to Love That Lasts, he starts with words of affirmation. And he says, verbal compliments or words of appreciation are powerful communicators of love. They are best expressed in simple, straightforward statements of affirmation, such as, you look sharp in that suit. Do you ever look incredible in that dress? Wow. I really like how you're always on time to pick me up. Thanks for getting the babysitter lined up tonight. I want you to know I don't take that for granted. You can always make me laugh. Those were just examples of straightforward words of appreciation for the qualities, for the characteristics, for the traits that your partner brings to your relationship. Yeah. And Karen, we've said it here many times, the words of affirmation are so important and so vital, whether Chapman meant them to be the number one or just was the first order in the book. I think it's the most influential in the regular relationship patterns, routines of life, just even getting up in the morning. Do you call each other right away? Do you text each other right away? Or if you're in the same house, what do you say to each other? How does that look like? And so those three A's of building intimacy, affirmation is one of them, right? Appreciation, affirmation, and acceptance. Because the words of affirmation are so important, if they're not there, we're going to create negative assumptions, our false beliefs, because we're not hearing them. And then we are likely to come back with negative intimacy builders, like accusation and uh, assumption and a lack of appreciation. So it just flows automatically. It's just one of those where if you're not giving them, the opposite is going to take place, at least mentally, even if not verbally. But now wouldn't Chapman say that you're saying it's overarching one of the most important, but wouldn't he say that based on taking the quiz, some people might find that isn't so important for them, that they've got another one of the five love languages that is more important for them? 
Yes, in a, in, in a way that's true and in a way it's false. In my so you're opinion. taking issue with Chapman right here. You're just I, gonna... I love his stuff and <laughs> use, use it a lot and I've increased it with my own languages as well. But the reason, the reason I think it's the overarching one and that it automatically has greater influence than the others is because what do we do more of every day? Talk, serve, touch, quality time, or gifts. It's going to be talking by far the amount of words we give to one another, even if it's through text or snap or anything else that's going on. So that, that, to me, that's why I think it's yeah. the most important. And even if that's not our strength, it is also a very trainable language that you can truly learn how to give basic affirmations, basic appreciation. Yeah. Even if it's not your primary style, which is fine, but you can't make that an excuse and say, I give you lots and lots of time. We just don't ever talk. Well, that's not going to work. If you give great words of affirmation, in my opinion, the other things will flow into a better pattern. And that's why you and I were talking beforehand. I see affirmation and touch as the two primary that are linked together as more foundational than the other three, though they're all important. See, and I think Chapman would say, those must be your top love languages. And I don't remember what mine are because it's been a while. <laughs> but I still think in my work with couples, not just me necessarily, in my work with couples, the the constant daily communication literally affirms and supports relationship or destroys it. And you can have fantastic touch, not just sex, but fantastic touch, be together all the time, buy each other lots of gifts, sacrifice for each other. If you can't get your words aligned, forget about it. It's interesting. Dr. Chapman, give me a call. We'll talk through it together and <laughs> see how we do. It's interesting because it reminds me of something Dan said when we were dating. He just said, he, and again, he was speaking for me. Men need this, but of course, yes. he, was, he was probably also speaking for himself, I would imagine. But he said, <laughs> right? He just said, in my experience, men need appreciation and affection. Yeah, and absolutely. as you said, words of affirmation, appreciation is expressed through those words. Yeah. And again, in my head, I was thinking, knowing the five love languages, I was like, huh, is that all men or is that just Dan <laughs> speaking for all men? Yeah. But it's, I think you're making a really good point in the sense that we can look at these, but I just, I hearken back to what you just said a moment ago. What are we doing every day? We're communicating. Yeah. So we got to look at that. If we're not taking the opportunity throughout our day to express those words of our affirmation, why aren't we? Why aren't we yeah, looking a basic, for- A basic, I love you, if that's absent a month at a time, that's trouble. You can buy them all the greatest gifts in the world. And what can you go more with? Can you go without someone who buys you lots of stuff? Or can you go without someone who says, I love you and you're awesome and I think you're incredible and I can't wait to be with you? Exactly. Yeah, so that's why I think it's overarching, the most important. And I'm speaking of that primarily as a therapist. Right. Not just in my own marriage, my own life, but I mean, as a therapist working with thousands of couples now, I don't know if it's 2,000 yet, but it's certainly 1,200. Feels like it's been 1,200 the last month. So been, <laughs> there's a lot of couples that this is hugely important yeah. and learning. And I think the nuances of what that affirmation looks like is important because some people have a hard time receiving words of affirmation. They, do. they discount it. They discredit it immediately. And the spouse will look at me on the couch and go, see, I told her how great she looks, but she tells me it's not true. And that's another part of this issue with lang love languages, how they're received as much as they're given and self-worth issues that are tied into those. And hey, babe, you look awesome tonight. No, I don't. I look fat and disgusting. Oh, I, I yeah. hear that kind of stuff all the time. It's very difficult. So we talk about in these couple relationships, finding the areas of affirmation that reach, that connect. 
And if a woman, for example, in this physical realm doesn't feel beautiful and it's a self-worth issue more than it is a marital issue, you're going to actually hurt it by keep going to that well over and over again, saying, well, if I say it this way, this time mm. she'll hear it. And trying to affirm some of the other areas where she does feel some connection and wholeness, whether it's her parenting or whether it's her organization or her shopping, anything. Just affirming and appreciating and accepting her in some other area to build into that, that one particular area she feels tough about. Men have the same issue. It's just different sides sometimes. Maybe she makes more money than he does. And so he's feeling really insecure about that, even though he's doing a great job and she's affirming him in that and he just can't feel it. He just can't feel that blessing of her words, even though she's not at all worried about his pay status or his income providability. And so I'm not saying it's just a woman issue not receiving it, but that's a huge issue as well. I hear that all the time. So you're saying that a woman could have as one of her primary love languages words of affirmation, but be in a season of her life where she can't receive, at least in certain realms of her life, or of her being. 100%. So that's so funny you say receive, because that has been a theme for me actually two weekends ago when I was with the girls in Cincy. So these would be my nieces. So two of Elliot's daughters and our other brother, Warren's daughter. And I think it was... Pager Livy said something really nice to me, complimented me. And I just said, I received that. Thank you. <laughs> and what I was trying to model for them yeah. is because especially young girls, they're Gen Z years and they're early 20s. And sometimes I will compliment my nieces because they're wonderful. And there's many areas of which I'm so proud of them that I want to compliment them. And sometimes they won't receive it. So I was trying mm -hmm. to model for them yeah. receiving. And I know that's hard. And I certainly, I've been in phases of my life where someone might mm -hmm. say something and I poo-pooed it or diminished it. So I think that's really interesting you bring this up because you've seen with couples where a woman desperately wants that word of affirmation. She's getting it, or a man too, and not able because of their own inner turmoil, angst, dissatisfaction with where they are in a particular part of their life, struggling to receive it. In particular, we go back to our wounds and if you have a massive father wound as a woman and you never received any of that affirmation from your father, never once made you feel beautiful, cherished, holistic, even a positive person, you're just going to have a really hard time accepting and receiving your husbands or your boyfriends. It's just recognizing that up front. It doesn't mean it's going to be easily solvable, but that's the kind of discussion that has to come about in these affirmations so that they can be received and given in a way that builds reinforcement for each other rather than consternation and anger. I've had many husbands tell me, I'm sick of it. I'm not even going to tell her anymore. She looks pretty. She never accepts it, never receives it. And it makes me mad now. And then I'm in a bad mood. We're both in a bad mood. <laughs> sure. Rather than affirming anything, we're going out to our date now. We're all pissed off. Right. So it's, a, it's like that, boy, that's a hard one when you're just trying to compliment each other's appearance or just the effort it went into to making yourself look your best for your partner. If you're interested in processing further as you align your mind, body, and spirit, we're here for you. Head over to loveandlifemedia.com and click on the Work With Us tab. There you can book individual or couples sessions. Or sign up for one of our support groups. Purchase one session or a multiple session package. We'd love to work with you. Sign up at loveandlifemedia.com. So let's talk about how you encourage someone to receive a compliment that they don't feel but is genuinely being expressed. Yeah, often it's blocking and denying the false beliefs and negative assumptions we have in our yes. head. We're going back to CBT here. And, and the lies that they are telling yeah. themselves in their head. Yeah, so I tell many wives, you might not feel holistically beautiful, 
But if your husband sincerely loves you or your boyfriend sincerely loves you and you know that, just receive it. Most most people don't like to give fake affirmation. It's hard to fake affirmation. Now, there's Mm -hmm. people who do it and do it pretty well. Narcissists make a career out of it. But it's not common. So if your partner, your loved one is really taking the time to affirm you, you really just got to shut your brain off for a minute and say thank you. You can process through it. But what we do when we deny it or block it, and we think we're doing that authentically, we think we're saying it's not true, so I can't receive that. And how do you know it's not true? It's not based on your perception. It's based on his or hers. (laughs) So it's receiving their truth, even if you don't feel it, and you can process it out later. But to try to keep it in the present, keep it in the moment, a simple thank you, and move on. It's being more simplistic rather than feeling like you got to explain why exactly you're seven pounds heavier than you were when you first met or why you just had two children and therefore your stomach doesn't look quite the way you feel. Any of these things that you can get into or you just didn't have time to put on as much makeup or maybe you don't like makeup or any of those things. Mm -hmm. And again, talking through those as a couple, because what are those expectations for date nights? What is that expectation for going out for Valentine's meal? Are we going to Taco Bell and splitting a Mexican pizza? Are we going to a real fancy restaurant and getting all dressed up? And those things got to be talked through. Now, at early stages of the dating, that's a little heavy to put all that criteria on there. But once there's a commitment, all those things need to be discussed. Those expectations are huge in order to allow the other love languages to have their space and their time. So you spoke to lies, Elliot, and I think that that is something, it's certainly consistent with you and my concern with cognitive distortions that, of course, is why we gravitate to CBT, because we know from our father that you take charge of your thoughts and you take charge of your life. You get happy, as we were told a million times as a child. Yeah. How do you get happy? You get into your head and make sure we can call it a million different things, stinking thinking, mm-hmm. like I said, cognitive distortions. But ultimately, there are times, and you described this with the hypothetical couple you talked about a moment ago, which is grounded in all the couples, many couples you work with, rather. But if we're allowing lies to permeate our thinking, to believe these lies that then define how we feel about ourselves, define how our self-worth. If we allow those lies to be active and we believe those lies instead of refuting them through REBT or some other CBT measure or through prayer or through- God's word, yeah. Yes, God's word Mm. has to refute those lies. Then we can do so much damage and that's on a personal level. So here you are in relationship and maybe- you found your person you and you're with your person and yet you, your own lies that you are allowing to permeate your thinking on a daily basis are causing you to have so much brokenness in your connection. It just makes me really sad and I, we've all fallen prey to it. I'm not... Absolutely. I think, yeah, I think all of us will do it from time to time. That's yeah. just natural being it's human humans. nature. Yeah. But if we find ourselves falling in the same lie over and over again, then we automatically know in my clinician experience, we have a wound, a deep-rooted wound that's got to get dealt with. We got to go dig it up, figure out why it's there. Often, again, these are messages we heard from significant family of origin, parents, primary, grandparents, aunts, uncles, coaches, teachers, somebody with great influence, positional influence, and they are so rooted. You got to dig it up. One of the ladies I counseled this morning as their marriage is going through some really tough stuff, she talked about very bright, very articulate, easy sessions, right? The information's not easy. The time is easy. She was talking about one of the things I think that helps me the most is I just talk out loud everything I'm thinking. And then you and I recognize where's truth, where's lies, and how do we go from there? 
Yes. Because we just don't often have people that can are experienced in this kind of stuff, can recognize it and help each other. And that's part of what a good relationship will do as well. But I want to get to the self-talk for a minute. And those yeah. who don't have a romantic relationship this holiday season, there's probably not a worse week outside of maybe Christmas to be alone, especially if you've had some significant love relationships and now it's recently ended or you've had a couple bad luck scenarios or bad choice scenarios or you were mistreated. And and so that self-talk this holiday season, first of all, just saying, I am worthy of love. I am worthy of attention. I am worthy of praise and encouragement and inspiration. I'm just having a season where I got to give that to myself or with my girlfriends or boyfriends that aren't romantically involved, staying and belonging. And again, blocking those lies. When you say something like this, I talk about this with students all the time because we dramatize and give gross overgeneralizations, saying stuff like, everybody hates me, or no one wants to love me. And those are complete, ridiculous lies. Normally, if I challenge a student face-to-face or a client face-to-face with that, and if they have a pattern of this kind of negative self-talk, these lies, distortions, negative assumptions, false beliefs, all these CBT principles, I will make them sit right there on my couch and say, I want to hear 10 people that you know love you right now. And they can all do it. Every single one of them can name 10. Even if they have to go back. It's a former coach 25 years ago. They still can name somebody. Yeah. And so sometimes we have to do very rationally motive style processing and even write stuff down to block the false beliefs. And with scripture, I do that with people all the time. Hey, I want you to write down what you're believing that's false. And then I want you to go to scripture and even Google if you need to passage how Jesus talks about fear, right? And then go look it up and then write down that verse, what it says that is completely contradicting Mm -hmm. this lie you're believing, because it is so powerful. The words of affirmation to self are probably more important than the words of affirmation to Mm. anybody else in our life, including our romantic partner. Because if we can't believe it internally... Then you're not going to receive it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Getting back to what we've been talking about, we are not going to be able to receive it. Yeah. And I I had a guy that I've been working with some other Jets alums connecting in an evangelistic way. And this man was just just texting back and forth and and talked about that he is feeling God's love through these other relationships, but can't receive it himself. I even feel your forgiveness, but I can't receive his forgiveness. So we can do that with the Lord too. We can block words of affirmation from God or even basic truths about God and, and faith and relationship because of those roots and those wounds. And sometimes, let's be frank, we were angry at God. There's been some stuff in our life that has not been good. Maybe we have some significant church pain as well. The very spiritual leaders over us were the ones who hurt us or abused us. Yeah, God understands that, totally understands it, but we got to process that out again, talk through what's truth, what lies in there, what was the person sinning against us regarding what is God and His opinion against us or with us. So those are huge things. So that's why, again, I think I'm proving my point fairly well. Words of affirmation. <laughs> yeah, you affirmed yourself right there, I didn't did. You? <laughs> I am affirming myself. I am right. I'll speak like a firstborn. I am right about this. But I do think it's... A- and I'll do a, a little shameless plug for my book because exactly what you talked about when those feelings of I'm not lovable, like I'm still single because I'm not lovable. And everyone who knows my story will know that was me for a long time. Being single... I was thankful that because our dad was so incredible and our mom also building into me, I never felt that I was unlovable. I I was always a little confused. Like, I know I'm lovable, but here I am still single. But I do have in my book, Singles New Black, Don't Wear White Till It's Right. 
I do have kind of a breakdown of how to manage those cognitive distortions. And it's exactly what you were talking about that you do in your sessions, where you remind yourself that lie of I'm unlovable can't be true because this person mm-hmm. loves me. This person loves me. This person loves me. And that person loved me before. And this, and th- because I am lovable, currently in this moment, I don't have my partner. That's discouraging. It's unfortunate. It's undesirable. But we can't let that current season of just not happening to have a partner define us and Absolutely. make us believe the lie that we are globally unlovable. And that's why one of the best things to do in those seasons is focus on self and just trying to grow and improve and strengthen yourself, not for the idea of rewarding or getting the result of a better guy or better girl, but certainly that's not a bad goal, but it's just saying, how can I talk to myself differently? How can I start to nurture myself or those key relationships? Who is affirming me well and hang out with those people more? Right. (laughs) You know, when people tell me all the time, I just got a bunch of negative friends and I'm like, well, why are you hanging out with them? (laughs) Right. Seriously, it's that practical. I'm not saying diss them completely and never talk to them again, but I think you got to have a limited dose of that. If your best friends or your people you hang out with the most are the ones tearing you down, then it's time for a new friend group. It sounds harsh, but man, are you going to be able to constantly receive that negativity and that lack of affirmation? It's gigantically important. So when you think about who you're surrounding yourself with, mm-hmm. you know, the old adage, birds of a feather flock together. So if I'm surrounding myself with people who are negative and are probably speaking, maybe not even intentionally, yeah. words of discouragement to one another mm-hmm. by virtue of their talking about this stinks and this is horrible. And the, when someone's hanging out, out with that type of person, friendship-wise even, I feel like that would just be a cesspool of there's no way to learn to receive positivity if that is your group, your friendship group. Yeah, the only way, if you're in that right now and you're like, man, but it is my primary social group, I don't want to just be isolated, which is time, then it's good practice. How do you counter in your own head what you're receiving? And then how do you start blessing them with the words of affirmation, even within their negativity? And you can influence your group. You can switch and start changing the culture a little bit or just speaking truths like, you know what, guys, it's just getting a little negative critical for me. I'm heading home. Doesn't mean you're never friends again. You're just trying to choose some separation, some boundaries. And I know many of your listeners are probably thinking right now, my my husband's negative. Right. Are you telling me just to walk away? No, I'm not. But I'm telling you the same thing. Learn how to counter in your own heart, at least, even if it's not safe to challenge him right away and work on affirming him, even if he's not affirming you at the moment, trying to model and show and bless so that there's some type of positive movement there to counter some of the negativity. Most of the time, a spouse or committed partner who's being that critical and that negative, again, I would guarantee about 99.9% there's a massive wound somewhere Mm -hmm. in previous core, primary core love relationships, parental, previous spouse, previous lovers, siblings that is dictating all that. And there's healing to do. And you're not going to, you're not going to get to the healing stage by retaliating, which Mm -hmm. is often what happens, right? We get into the accusations, the assumptions, the attack, and we start going back and forth. And basically your reality is your conflict style is going to matter there. But when we're talking about words of affirmation, Someone has got to stand up and say, no, we are going to, we're going to talk more positively, think more positively and believe it. Yeah. And to make that decision and be intentional about it, especially if you know if it's an area of weakness for you or for your friends or for your romantic partnership. Absolutely. Sometimes you'll have to make very tough decisions if things aren't changeable or movable over time, whether it's friendships or romantic choices or what have you. We'd love to connect with you further via our weekly newsletter. 
Joining the Love & Life family gets you first access to bonus content and flash sale pricing for books and consultations. And when you sign up, you'll receive Karen's Empowered Dating Playbook or my Empowered Marriage Playbook. Head over to loveandlifemedia.com to join the Love & Life family. So we were going to address five love languages in one episode, and I think that was a foolish endeavor because I'm really thankful for the layers of understanding. So words of affirmation, we know what they are, and now you've talked about how even if we know our partner has the desire to receive words of affirmation, they may not be able to receive these words of affirmation. So let's talk brass tacks as we wrap up. What would be your top tips for the two type of people we've been discussing? One, the person who needs to work on words of affirmation because their partner desires that, and that is their love language. And then two, the person who needs to learn to receive. Yeah, we talked about this in our intimacy episode live we did, Judson, last year. There's a lot of responsibility once you know each other's love languages. Mm -hmm. And if you're in a committed relationship and you know them, you have a responsibility to fulfill them. So don't tell me it's not your natural style or you don't think that way. You have to start. You have to literally will yourself to go, hey, this is important to my partner. That's my life connection. That's my romantic interest. Even in the middle stages of dating as you're building intimacy, it's still really important. So once you discuss it, then it's not a matter of, can I do it? Or I'll try to do it. It's a matter of, I'm going to do it. Right. And usually, again, it happens more with men, but I'll, I'll be coaching men. A simple, I love you in the morning and a hug and a kiss and a simple one at night. Let's start there if nowhere else, just with the brass facts. If you're already committed or you're already married, it's got to be an act of the will. Hopefully that's already been happening, but that's important. So I think it's a recognition that this is not really a choice. Committed already committed. This shouldn't really be a choice to, from your partner. It doesn't have to be gushy. You're, you're a total left-brainer. It can be logical and rational and spelled out, but I've had so many wives tell me, hey, the basics are great, but I want something that's a little more specific so it doesn't feel like he could say the exact same thing to his mom or a coworker. Mm, sure. So trying to affirm something, and Chapman gave those examples. You know, I really mm. appreciate the way you're on time something Angie and Dan wouldn't be able to say to us very often, but they could be something that's very specific to, hey, I really appreciate your energy. I'm really thankful that you just pour your life out into our kids. Those are huge affirmations, probably more important in those long-term serious commitments than even the I love you. Mm -hmm. So you're getting very specific. And so how do we give that word of affirmation? We are constantly thinking about how do we bless them? How do we encourage them? How do we inspire them? My wife's a kindergarten teacher, and she talks all the time about those children, when they first come in, she can tell like in a week who's had affirming words in their life and who hasn't. Simply by how they look at her when she starts telling them how awesome they are, mm-hmm. how smart they are, how they're going to be a great reader by the end of the year and how they recognize their colors and they put their chair in. It's like mm-hmm. a workshop in positive affirmation to build those kids up in the confidence to learn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just the nonverbals tell her who's had this in their home and who hasn't. And so I think we have to recognize those kind of foundational backgrounds as well when we're working with our friends or our dating partners or our committed partner and say, where is this word of affirmation going to work? Where's it going to be received? How's it going to be understood? And then if there is some misalignment or it's not matching up, you got to talk through it Mm -hmm. and not just deny it, refuse it or stop. Do you ever have the situation, because I'm thinking about these love languages being rooted in values too. There's 
a values level to this. Do you ever have resistance where someone's a little irritated that their partner's love language is what it is? Oh, absolutely. All the time. Really? Yeah, all regularly. It happened last night with a couple in my home counseling where he was saying, man, I love her emotion and I love her passion, even her drama. I think it's awesome. I just don't always get it and don't always connect with it. Mm. He's a very logical, rational, systemic thinker. And so they're in the dating process. They're not even long-term commitment yet, but there was that same mode of operation there about she was trying with everything she had to give him these affirmations. And he's like, it just doesn't matter that much. I like him, <laughs> but he needs that act of service and he needs that quality time. Yeah. And so we were talking through that. And again, they're in the younger stages, but it's, I'm so thankful that they were scrapping about it before they got to the session and we could dive yeah. right into it when they got there. Because I want them to learn in the early stages. And they were having some understanding and kind of working with it and figuring it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. How to get, I do the mind, body, spirit, head, heart, soul stuff and talking through, hey, this is head language here. How do we get it in the heart? How do we get in the soul? It's good to be in all three. But where do we go to make sure they're all fed and received? And I think those are all blanketed in words of affirmation. We're going to have to dive into that at some point. Just how, like you just mentioned, just the mind, body, spirit as yeah. a couple. And head, just heart, soul. Connecting at all those levels. Yeah, head language, heart language, soul language. I think they're all different and all three got to be in a committed relationship. So the takeaway for if you don't really love to give words of affirmation, but your partner wants to receive them, you're saying once you're committed and you know this about your partner, it it's is now- absolutely a responsibility. Yeah. If you want and the relationship I, to thrive and grow, there's right. no way you can go without it. And I could see someone saying, I need to be authentically myself in this relationship. Then find somebody else. Yeah. Because you can't have someone who needs that and constantly not give it. You'll destroy it. And that's part of the commitment. It's part of the obligation that you have signed up for. Yeah. It's okay. You have three kids and you don't want to work anymore. Well, too bad. (laughs) Go work and provide for your family. You don't have a choice. So it's the same kind of thing. It sounds so transactional, but it's so true. Your partner needs words of affirmation. Yeah, I don't feel like it. find a different partner because you're going to destroy this one. And we did talk a little bit about the person who needs to learn to receive. Yes. We talked about that. And to summarize what you said, if we're having a hard time receiving, that's also an obligation. Absolutely. It's your obligation. If that is your love language and your partner is intentionally giving you words of affirmation and you are rebuking or refuting them, then there's a that's piece. just as dangerous. It doesn't right. sound like it, but it is just as dangerous. You have to learn to receive. And that's why you turn the brain off and say, thank you. If you have to wrestle with it yourself the next 20 minutes, wrestle with yourself, but don't denounce or deny what your partner or your committed person is doing for you. That's way too important. You have to learn to receive it. And again, it's fine to talk through it as a couple and say, hey, this is where I'm struggling. And like I said, if this is a pattern and it's raised itself five, six, seven, 50 times, there's probably need for some professional help. And walk through that with somebody who knows how to look at the roots and look at the wounds and let's work on self-worth. Let's work on self-concept. And that's not easy work. So I'm saying it really matter-of-factly, but it's normally going to include some grieving and some digging up and some, the only way to heal is to go through that fire, go through that pain a little bit. But most people that are having problems receiving those affirmation, they're tired of it too. They don't want to keep living in those lies. So most of the time they're aware or consciously aware or are starting to understand the awareness and they want to change. And that starts with self-talk individually. So you don't have to be in a romantic relationship to go get some work on these things. Yeah. And actually, I do share some of that in the Empowered Dating Playbook that you can get on 
our website, loveandlifemedia.com. I walk you through how to use REBT, Rational yeah, Emotive Behavior Therapy. It's my favorite. When I mm-hmm. catch myself with negative self-talk, I just refute it. I go to battle in my brain mm-hmm. and recognize the irrational belief, as Ellis calls them. And I recognize the irrational belief. And I have, through the years of doing my own internal work with taking charge of my thoughts, I have Mm -hmm. come up with the rational belief. And then I I just do that internal battle. And that's my preferred way. You can also look at acceptance and commitment therapy, where you can try to release the power that you're giving those thoughts Mm -hmm. and just let them go, kind of more of a zen-like approach. Yeah. But I'm just more. I, I guess, like both. I, I think it, they can get it in the esoteric, right? Absolutely, to get yeah. in the esoteric and then get it in the grinding. Yeah, if you're a left brainer, you're going to have to get this structured yeah. and organized in your head. Yeah. And if yes. you're a total right brain creative, then you're going to do it the other side. But either right. way, you, you got to be diligent and disciplined to attack it. Warfare. We call it spiritual warfare in the, in the Christian realm, but mm-hmm. it is warfare. It is your the battle for your mind. It is it can't be understated? It's huge. See, you it's couldn't everything. even state it. You couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Not that you're trying to, but it's it was so funny. profound. It couldn't even <laughs> <Yeah>. come out. <laughs> That's right. Yes, but it, it's rooted in going back to something that right now may be an unpopular opinion, but that's okay. That, that those are lies. We want to live in this world. We don't, but many people live in this world of what's true and what's lies and are there lies? I mean, isn't everything someone's truth? And the greater the access of information and content, the more diligent we have to be to protect ourselves. And if you're constantly watching things or scrolling things that are bringing you fear and anxiety, quit. Right. Yes. If it's bringing you faith and joy and happiness, stay on. <laughs> I'm not anti-social media. Just know what it's doing to you. Know how the impact is and, and figure out which side it is. And if it's not helping your thought life and your belief life and your heart life, then you got to stop. Right. And getting back to one of the themes we've been discussing, some woman who's not feeling right now so confident in her physical appearance. And then she goes on social media and there's all these influencers with their filters yeah. and their fake this and fake that. That's not, th- and you can even think about it, bring it back to the yeah. couples. You on that social media screen right now, aside from it's taking time away from your partnership, aside from all the other things it's doing to you, if you are feeling worse about your body and then tonight when your husband comes home and says how beautiful you are mm-hmm. and you can't receive that social media time actively Absolutely. Putting direct a correlation. Absolute direct correlation. Even in the morning when you're getting dressed and getting made up, do you look in the mirror and see the things you don't like or the things you like? Research says 90% of us are looking at the things we don't like. Man, I just hate my chin. Unless you're going to go have work done, your chin's going to look the same for the rest <laughs> of your life. So just say, you know what? I accept my chin, but I love my nose. You got to do something to counter it right away and not just right. always see the negative yeah. side of body image or body perception. Or, or you can just say, you know what? I'm a little chunkier than I want to be right now, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on a program. Not I'm going to try to. You got to have the commitment words. I'm going to get on program. I'm going to start working out more. I'm going to go to exercise. I'm going to go to yoga. You just got to start the commitment. If we're talking about the commitment therapy again, and again, say, okay, I'm acknowledging I don't like this part of me at the moment, but I'm going to give myself words of affirmation and action to attack it, to counter it. So to wrap it up, words of affirmation, whether or not it's you score on the love language quiz, which you can go on Dr. Chapman's website and take, whether or not you score highly in that that uh, love language, it's going to be an important factor. And this is based on Elliot's work. And we affirm Dr. Chapman's work. And we're just adding Elliot's extensive experience working with couples to recognize that because we are speaking and communicating all day, every day, integrating words of affirmation, whether or not you score highly on that or your partner scores highly on it is going to be critical and crucial to your connection. 
It's the foundation of your home and your life together. Elliot, let's leave the listeners with a prayer and then we'll let them know what's coming in the next couple episodes. Sounds great. Lord, we thank you that you are God who has affirmed us in your word, in your spirit, with your son, Jesus. Lord, it says that you loved us. That's why you came to die for us and to give us a sacrifice through your son, his blood and his atoning work that we can receive you for eternal life. Lord, because of your love. And then you tell us, Lord, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Your word is full of affirmations, Lord, and yet we know many people, including Karen and I, have struggled off and on for years, for decades, with negative lies and assumptions and false beliefs and accusation against self. And Lord, that'll leak into our heart and our soul and cause us anxiety and discouragement and depression. So we pray, Lord, that words of affirmation from you and from each other would just flow through our communities, through our relationships. Lord, we have parts ourselves we don't like. We have others we like. We know, Lord, that we are human beings. We have a will. We have choices. Help us, Lord, to choose to believe, choose to think positively, choose to affirm those that we're committed to, appreciate them, accept them, encourage them. It doesn't mean we don't challenge. It doesn't mean we don't confront. But help us, Lord, to choose the affirming words of life that give us a hope and peace and strength and love. Amen. Amen. So we will continue with this series on the love languages. We will devote an entire episode to each love language. So coming up next episode will be quality time. Then we'll go with receiving gifts. Number four is acts of service. And the final love language is physical touch. We will delve into all of those in depth, bringing Elliot's experience with the couples he's worked with and also what the research tells us about the five love languages. We'll also do a bonus episode with Elliot's extra three love languages to flesh those out. Because if you're finding that the five are helpful, but you think there's still some other stuff going on with your relationship, it's possible that one of these other love languages is at work in your dynamics. We're here to help us all align our mind, body, and spirit. For empowered relationships. Yes. Thank you, as always, for sharing a portion of your day with us. We really appreciate it. Head over to loveandlifemedia.com for more information and to schedule sessions with either of us or both of us. And until next time, make it a great week. Love and Life is produced by Tim May and hosts and executive producer, Dr. Karen Anderson-Abram.